Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, it's blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection. Welcome to the Chase Down on Almighty Baller Radio, part of Dash Radio. I'm Justin Rowe with my co-host Carter Rodriguez, breaking down the latest free agent summer news for the Cavs. And of course, the most important news right now is the fact that the Atlanta Hawks are agreeing to a three-team trade that might put Jordan Jamal Crawford sorry, on the free agent market, which is just absolutely terrifying because I want no part of him. Although I know Carter is probably the biggest Jamal Crawford fan on the planet, right? It's Independence Day. I know that might not mean anything where you're from. (laughs) But to me, this day means something. It's about freedom. It's about self-reflection. It's about pride. Jamal Crawford represents freedom. He he represents so many negative things to me. (laughs) I... There's never been a stronger lock that someone would sign with the Cavs. And it's so depressing. I think he he might replace Shump for me uh, uh, as my least favorite member. Well, here's the thing. I would actually, the miracle of this Cavs summer is I would feel better about a Jamal Crawford signing if it came at the expense of signing Jose Calderon. Like, I would rather have Jamal Crawford. Hashtag, why not both? Because <laughs> this is like this is what's frustrated me so much about that Jose Calderon deal. Like a lot of people was like would were responding to me when I was criticizing it, saying, "Oh, well, you know, they don't have money, money anyway, and this is the guy they wanted, so you know, what's the downside? This is the downside. Is this is a really weird free agent market where everyone's running out of money really fast because everyone blew their load and the last summer's spending frenzy. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of guys like, like George Hill, for example, who's going to get paid way below what the market thought he was going to get paid. Like we know this to be true. And there's also we, guys like Leandro Barbosa that have been bought out. That would be a much better option. Yeah. And I mean, Calderon hasn't been playable for three years, but more important than that, he was going to be there. Like no one was <laughs> pouncing on Jose Calderon a week from now. Like, and even if he wasn't, oh, well, that's a, you have to take an L there. You can't, you don't need him so much that you'll, that you'll blow a roster spot in a role on someone who doesn't deserve it when there's going to be people that become available that do. As you said, he, he, he's been unplayable for three years and even three years ago, he would not be a great fit. Like, last year his shot left him, but even at the best of times, he, he's not athletic, he doesn't play defense, and, and it's just a weird, weird fit with this team because he's a do- ball-dominant player, which isn't exactly what they need. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It's just the... Obviously, so we should probably talk about the fact that Chauncey passed. Oh, yeah, that's right. A mortgage broker is still running our team. Yeah, yeah. The guy who made sure you could get mortgages on your phone 
after, <laughs> after uh, an enormous housing crisis just uh, just nine years ago. Uh, I, I always find I make my best decisions on my phone. Yeah. So Ugh. anyway, watch The Big Short, guys. It's a, it's a thrilling film. Um, <laughs> but you have Chauncey passing and... You know, whatever. Uh, I feel like the you if you read the tea leaves, it kind of feels like there. It was reported that he didn't reach out to LeBron, but come on. Yeah, there's no way that he didn't talk to LeBron. Yeah, I think it's really important that we remind everyone. And I, I tweeted this last night. People lie all the time. <laughs> like men lie, women lie, buckets, buckets don't. don't. That's the only thing that doesn't lie. So he definitely reached out to LeBron. Yeah, it, my feeling is that he pro- he almost definitely was like, "Hey, LeBron, you gonna stick around?" And LeBron was like, "I'm not gonna give you any guarantee of that." And he was like, "All right, see ya." Right, which could mean absolutely nothing because LeBron is one of the weirdest guys out yeah. there, yeah, but LeBron, without a firm commitment, I'm not sure LeBron would commit to anyone. You know, I don't uh, even if he was planning on if he was thinking about staying because you lose a lot of leverage especially if you're with LeBron. Especially with what Dan Gilbert's pulling this summer, like his entire approach has been. All right, Dan is impossible to deal with, so I'm going to keep my foot on his throat at all times. He's not going to give someone that Dan's looking to hire to work with him in the front office um, an assurance that he's going to stay because, I mean, I, I know some are going to disagree with this, but this has been kind of a summer of cutting corners for Gilbert. And that's what LeBron's been looking to avoid all this time. So he, he's just not going to give him that commitment. Yeah, so I mean, so Billups passes, and now we're already starting to see the very transparent Kobe Altman hype machine coming from the Cavaliers. Um, I kind of had the feeling that even if they hired Billups, Altman was going to end up being the general manager, yeah, just because he had been doing it for so long. And it made sense to me. He had been doing the job for a long time at this point, which means he was in charge of kind of organizational direction this summer, uh, as much as there's been one. Um, right. But yeah, it just kind of starts to it's starting to feel like Dan has a history of swinging for the fences, striking out, and then hitting a single with it. You know, <laughs> like just like all right, well, you're already here, so go ahead. Calipari didn't want to do it, so you 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 run the team now, Kobe. So it kind of feels like Kobe is in line for kind of an absurd promotion if you think about it. He was the assistant GM, and all of a sudden, is he going to be president of basketball ops? I don't know. Um, well, my my. Because that's My a role sense that still needs to be filled. It's not just GM. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't have a president of basketball ops before, right? Uh, wasn't Redden the VP for basketball operations? Hmm. I'm not too. You, you might be right. I'm not too I, sure I about think that. I was. Right. I think I'm right about that. I'm but gonna look it up cons- while you talk. My concern is that Dan Gilbert is filling that role. Like he's just going to continue having a hands-on per approach and it's like okay i'm just going to hire this young guy to be general manager and i'm going to continue having my fingers in every facet of this operation yeah i mean you can't rule it out i mean on the surface outside of the calderon deal things haven't been that bad this summer like the proposed deal that was apparently approved by all three teams to send kevin love to denver uh, Gary Harrison, a very protected pick to Indiana, and then George to Cleveland. That was approved, and, and that's a deal that makes sense. And, and that one will and, haunt you. Yeah, that that one's going to haunt you. But um, the Pacers didn't want to give George what he wanted, and the protected pick 
scared them off a little bit. So it's kind of crazy how much like when you really get down to it, how much the NBA is like. You can make smart choices. You can make good offers, but like you just need the other team to play ball sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and that was part of the importance of having David Griffin was he did have a good working relationship with other teams. I mean, and that's something the Cavs are going to need to find again. They're going to need to regain some of that goodwill. Yeah, and there's just not much you can do when Kevin Pritchard says that he's he'd rather have Victor Oladipo, albatross of a deal, and uh, Man, RV, RV is Sabonis' son, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I like young Sabonis a little bit, but... I that don't. Oladipo. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> who cares? He's such a who cares player. He's like white rice to me. Like, yeah. Well, he, I, okay. He was like the Keith Bogan, not like in terms of his ability, but in terms of his like impact. Like, I don't think he like mattered to the Thunder very much last year, even though he started a lot of games. Yeah. I, like, I like him as a, a third big. I should have clarified. Yeah. Speaking of third big, why haven't we signed Tyler Zeller yet? Um, I, I feel like he can play still because he, he, can kind of protect the rim and he runs fast those are things i like uh kobe altman hates the insane clown posse (laughs) well now that's my biggest concern with the Cavs is they don't respect the insane clown posse which is of course one of justin's favorite uh rap group slash (laughs) band slash trash yeah i don't know um it, it It'll be interesting to see where else we, they go in free agency. Zach Randolph is a name that's been thrown around, and like, I don't the, hate it. it. I do. If the Cavs make me hate Zach Randolph, one of my favorite players, I'm going to be pissed off because <laughs> I love Zach Randolph. I love post play, and I love all you know his turnaround, his kind of redemption, drawing and fouls. I just, I just see a guy who doesn't score in the post that much anymore because he doesn't really have the skill set to do it that much anymore. He's just aged. He gets a lot of his buckets off mid-range jumpers. Doesn't draw fouls like he used to. Um, obviously, is a limited defender that will look a lot worse when he's not playing next to Marcus Gasol. <laughs> and Mike Conley I think Tristan Thompson attack. is not Marcus Gasol. Not quite. I love Tristan, but he's just not a virtuoso on that end. Mm-hmm. Um Mike Conley is a really good point of attack defender. Tony Allen's a really good perimeter defender. Like Zebo's job defensively is easy. And if I have one more person hop in my mentions to tell me that the Cavs needed more physicality and they lost that series because they weren't physical enough. Not enough um, hashtag grit. Yeah. Oh my God. It drives me crazy. I was like, what was a hip check to Kevin Durant going to stop him from, for the Warriors from scoring 136 points a game? If that was the case, Dante Jones would have just been put in. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid and reductive. Like, people don't understand basketball. So they think that all you have to do is just, just like, hit a guy a little bit. It's like, no, like, the Cavs are a plenty physical team. Like, they, <laughs> it's not about that. It's that they couldn't touch them because they were flying past them. Yeah, and, we, and we need a, more speed. So, yeah, Jose adding, Calderon and Zach Randolph. Yeah, it's like, I, I think it's this summer has been really frustrating to me in that regard because it's, it kind of betrays a fundamental lack of understanding of what they needed to do, which is mm-hmm. find guys who can play against the Warriors. You know, Speak. like they have to know that they can get to the finals, no matter who their role players are. So go chase wings with this, you know, go find an athletic wing. Like I understand 
It doesn't matter. It's a minimum contract for Calderon. If they give any of the mid-level for Zebo, I'm going to fall out of my chair. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want them to go into that for Zebo, but like, if he's available for the minimum, yeah, I mean, I'll okay learn to it. love him. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be that helpful against the Warriors. No, no, no. He'd be helpful during the regular season, and maybe he plays some spot minutes against the Warriors. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, guy, someone like P.J. Tucker would have been great for the Cavs, but Tucker turned down $11 million from Toronto to take $8 million from Houston. So he, he was willing to take a, a bit of a pay cut, but was clearly out of our price range. Yeah, that's the thing. Most swings are going to be out of our price range, especially since they have to dip into the mid-level to bring Chetty over. Which it, it's I feel like, like we've okay. lost. Like there was a lot of buzz with that, and then just there wasn't. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm a little concerned that that might have been more noise than hmm. reality. But I mean, David picks up the guy who reported it is a really really good and respectable reporter. So I yeah, don't he's know. reliable. Um, but they're gonna I mean, have the, to get the odds deals. are the Cavs are waiting for the other pieces to to kind of fall into place before they dip into that for Chetty. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, there are good wings on the market that I think could play against the Warriors. I think Gerald Henderson's kind of a guy who could get minutes yeah. to kind of, if especially if the Cavs do sh- salary dump Shumpert, if they can get him for, you know, a decent part of the mid-level, I think that's pretty fair and reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how the market collapses as teams run out of money because they are really running out of money. Like it's getting really ugly. Like, I mean, George Hill is take is looking at a one year deal. At yeah, age that, that surprises me. So, I mean, there are going to be guys that get signed for almost nothing, and of course, your boy Vince Carter remains. Okay, so I saw an interview with Vince on NBA TV this weekend. I and never, you got so excited in your tone just then. <laughs> it, it's not great news for the Cavs. Because oh, okay. um, what he was saying is that at, at this point, the main priority for him is opportunity. He wants to play minutes. He feels like he can still play. Um, he said ring chasing is something. He, he doesn't want to sit at the end of someone's bench. He said when he's 43 or 44, that might be something he considers. 43 or 44. I, I don't know how ingest that was. And I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, Richard Jefferson played about 20 minutes per game. Is that going to be enough for Vince? And, but um, I think he clearly, could get minutes on the Cavs. I think he would get more minutes than than you're indicating he would. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's possible. Like he has a very obvious important skill set that they need and he's better than Iman Shumpert. Well, the main takeaway of that is he's not going to sign with the Warriors. Uh yeah, that seems to be the case. I don't know. Um I Pro Hoops History uh run by the great Curtis uh Curtis Harris, I believe is his name. Yeah. Yeah, Curtis Harris. I suddenly lost confidence mid sentence that that was his last name. Um tweeted this out about Vince Carter after and Vince was taking a meeting with the Kings. So someone's going to throw him too much money probably anyway. Um, But he tweeted, Vince Carter was born January 26th, 1977. The Kansas City Kings beat the New Orleans Jazz that day. Oh my goodness. Vince Carter is old as shit. 
<laughs> Utah really should have given the jazz name back to New Orleans. Like, jazz is illegal in Utah. I love the joke, but I don't think you should be allowed to steal from basketball without <laughs> without getting proper credit. That's fair. Have you ever heard the story about basketball, about how there was like a huge dispute between Bob Costas and um, Al Michaels? No, I have not so heard So apparently this. Bob Costas found out, or Al Michaels found out that Bob Costas had demanded like three million more dollars than him to do that movie. And it was like an actual like fucking dramatic fight between these two <laughs> legends of the business about their compensation in basketball. I want to see Jim Nance call that fight. Oh, yeah. It, it was. It's a really funny story. You should look it up whenever you get a chance. So anyway, <laughs> so I think that So we've talked Calderon. We've talked Zebo, We've talked the, the trade rumors. We I haven't think, talked Corver yet. Yeah, we haven't talked Corver yet. And I think that's a I think if we're looking, we've we've done a lot of com- complaining so far and it's well earned complaining calves. Um, but I think the Corver deal is a good thing. Uh, the Cavs signed Kyle Corver to a three-year, $22 million contract with a partially guaranteed third year. And I think this is kind of a home run for the Cavs. I was scared this was going to be in the eight figures. Yeah, like, absolutely. As I said earlier, the proposed trade that they have there uh, for Paul George, I was happy with. The Corver deal, I think, is great. Um, they gave the third year there to kind of lower, lower the value per year. Um, it's non-guaranteed as well. Um, so I think it's a deal that both sides can be happy with. Um, it's it's a good move. Like it, I think it's a little bit creative, which is nice to see as well. And it gives them an out. I, I think that's a, a very tradable contract if they need to. It's fairly unlikely he plays that third year, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's turning 37 in March. Um I mean, yeah, I he's just, not Vince playing till 50. Yeah, and I think that... So this could look bad for the Cavs if he if he comes out in next season and looks completely washed up, which happens. That does happen to old guys. They just, you know, fall off a cliff out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, But based on his performance last year, I don't think that really showed. He didn't have a great playoff shot, just 39% from three, down like 6% which was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, Actually, no, he, he shot like 10% like, with the Cavs because he shot, yeah, he shot 48%. like 48.5% with the Cavs, which is ridiculous. Um, so he did drop off in the playoffs a little bit. Some of that's to be expected. Some of that was him missing wide open shots. that he doesn't normally miss. Um, so I, I think it was a good deal. If I think a very, I've seen some people like, ah, oh, that's a little too much for a 37 year old. And it's like, sure. But with that partially guaranteed third year, and, I mean, you look at the deal Sean Livingston got in Golden State, and they probably have similar-sized roles. Um, right. Between and, and Livingston's Livingston. a little more limited. Uh, yeah, they're both limited players. Yeah, they're both limited players with a very specific role. They're probably eighth men for their team. And, uh, you know, I think that when you really – when you boil it down – uh, they, they're about the same value to their teams. And Livingston got three years, $24 million, so just a little bit more per year than uh, than Corver got. Also a partial guaranteed third, third year. And that felt like a good deal for them. So 
I think that these aren't steals necessarily, but I do think it, it's a fair value for each team, which the Cavs have kind of been giving, giving just because of the leverage that these players have. Most of the players are getting a win on their deals. Like even if you like JR, he's getting probably more than he'd get on the open market. Same with Tristan. Right. Um, and this was one of Although the that's probably not the case with Tristan anymore, but, yeah, but I mean, at, at least at, at, the, the, at the time he signed. At the time. So in comparison, I think the Cavs did a little bit better. Um, and I think part of that's Corver just saying, I'm old. I don't want to go in a free agency. I want to try to win a title. And plus the Cavs had absolutely no way to get someone uh, with the upside of Corver on the open market with yeah, I mean, it's nothing the same to dangle. Yeah, so the Cavs were in kind of the same position they've been in, which is, you know, they don't have the ability to replace anyone, so they have to kind of pay to keep their guys, and that's just the way it is. Like, that's what it is to be over a tax team and well over the cap and with not a lot of exceptions to work with and not a lot of draft picks to work with is you got to keep your guys. And I think in total, this was a really good deal. And we'll see what, if especially if they bring Chetty Osman over, what kind of role Shumpert, Corver, and Jefferson play? Because I think Chetty's going to be worth minutes, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, for all we know, they might just still dump Shumpert in a salary dump. Right, which would open up the minutes. And I, I think they are still going to try to move Shump if possible. Maybe, yeah. maybe a team like Minnesota wants him. Yeah, I just feel like he's run his course here to some extent. Like he has his utility, but he's been a problem. He, they've shopped him a thousand times because of you know various reasons. Um, and it's probably just time to move on. Uh, he's not horribly overpaid. Like nine million, ten million a year isn't like devastating. No, but, it's not. But at the same time, with the tax where it's at, uh, if they can get some assets or maybe even a trade exception out of it. I think that would actually be really good for the Cavaliers and very worthwhile. We'll see if they can maneuver it. I don't think they should just trade him for like non-guaranteed contracts. No, just to not get at all. off the money. I think that would be very disappointing uh, if they did that. But if you, if you can get an asset that's worthwhile back, then I think it's a, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, I think the ideal would be a first-round pick and a trade exception, and um, some of the talk was that the Cavs had other deals lined up if, if they were to acquire that, but we'll we'll, we'll see exactly what the, the case is here. Um, as I said, I'm, I haven't really had an issue with a lot of the stuff that the Cavs have done this summer or the theoretical trades that they've been rumored in or, or guys that they've chased. It's just the the appearance of instability and it, I mean, it's clearly there, but it's just so obvious that they're, that they're just a mess again. And even if they're able to, to salvage it and, and make good moves, it's still a concerning thing to see from the organization after they were finally showing some sort of stability. Yeah. I mean, the day Dan, the day David Griffin walked, I, I said something along the lines of like, you're never that far away from the team being the team that drafted Anthony Bennett first overall like three years ago. Like mm-hmm. you're always kind of on the edge of disaster with this organization. And they finally just kind of toppled over the edge with this GM situation. And, you know, maybe Kobe Altman proves to be, you know, worthwhile and a solid GM if he ends up getting the job. 
kind of doesn't feel like they're going to go anywhere else. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you're going to give Altman a super strong benefit of the doubt right now. No. Because there was a better guy that had the job right before him. So uh, no learning on the job. Uh, and that's not fair to Altman or whoever they hire. But also, Dan Gilbert shouldn't have let Dave Griffin walk. So I don't think I think whoever is going to be get this job is going to be judged on a curve. And sorry, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, but, that's uh, life. That that's, that's the life. sports business. Um, so I think one thing we should talk about is that the news how that, whack Durant is. Yeah, he's so whack, man. I ah, I hate his. I hated his tweet. Taking a pay cut is way, way, way lamer than joining a 73-win team. I mean... Doing a favor for a billionaire who could easily just sign everybody and pay them what they're worth. That's lame. You know, it's funny. I I actually just hated his tweet during the Summer League game. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Fill Fultz, us in. Fultz got some poop emoji with him. The hezzy pull-up Jimbo was smooth. Probably don't understand what I just said if you don't really hoop. <laughs> Why is God, Kevin Durant attacking just vague people that don't know basketball lingo? Like, what? Like, even in a complimentary tweet, he still is attacking some kind of detractor. He, he's clearly a very insecure dude. Oh like, my, my favorite God. is my favorite is still him shooting around in a room full of reporters, being like. This is this is where the work's done when nobody's watching. You we guys are just here. all lucky that you're here to see it. We out here. They said I was soft. <laughs> I like to say his direct quotes from that piece as white as I can. Hmm. I like it. Uh yeah, I, that that's I like was, how that's... Shams versus Woj has oh. become like it's what Katie and Russ would be if they were equally good players and Russ was likable and got wins. Well, what's funny is that like I don't think Shams like hates Woj. <laughs> no, like, not at all. He's Sham just doing only, his job. Shams only exists because of Woj, but yeah. the internet's just making it into a war because we're stupid. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I had one last thing to say about Duran, about that tweet. Could you imagine just like tweeting about tweeting like insider lingo about your work, and then <laughs> being like, I "Bet you guys don't know what that means," <laughs> like. Like, if I'm like, oh, there was a, a jump cut in that sot, and they should have used B-roll instead. Like, <laughs> bet you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> screw off. It's the most annoying shit. Oh, man. And the pay cuts, like, the pay cuts, like, I do want to say it, it's a little conflicted because you can't tell me that Cavs Twitter isn't being especially hard on this because he plays for the Warriors. Well, also because the Warriors have Warriors fans have done this whole pro labor thing, and oh, what you wouldn't take the best available job in your industry? Yes, I would, but I also wouldn't take a pay cut. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> to obviously not the company. good for the union. The union can't be happy with this. I mean, a nine million dollar pay cut for probably the second or third best player in the league. But you know, I mean. I know that you want to just talk shit, uh, but I got my shit talking out of the way with the with the tweet. So I'm going to be more serious here. Like, you know, whatever. Like, just do what you want. Um, I'm a big believer in that for the most part. And like, if he thinks that this will help keep the Warriors together, more power to him. 
that said, if Joe Lacob chooses not to pay Clay Thompson at the end of this... Oh, Clay's definitely walking, which is going to make it so much funnier. I mean, he will be... Joe Lacob is a total scumbag if he does that because <laughs> Katie is clearly taking making these sacrifices to keep the team together. And if he's like, no, I just can't really afford it. Like, that's kind of, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. It, it's a one plus one, though, for Durant, right? Uh, yeah. Like, so he can I opt out. Te- technically, what he could do, because Clay isn't up till 2019, technically what he could do is, if he wanted to put the screws to Lacob and was confident that he's not, you know, banged up or anything. He could just do another one plus one and then basically be like, you know, opt out, do another one plus one, and then go to Lake and say, pay Clay or I walk. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, Lake up has to know that Durant's just like a text away from joining another team. Yeah, it doesn't take much. He's, he is, uh, Easily influenced. He is not a firm, strong anchor <laughs> uh, to to be to stay where he is, or to you know, he's like the kind of guy who like you make plans, but then he then his other buddies are like, like, hey man, come out, and he's like, all right, and okay, then, yeah, like he's just, he's not firm, he's not strong, and that's what I said about a person I don't know mm-hmm. and never will. Um, <laughs> So I, one last thing before we're done here, I think we should. I, I wanted to talk about the Mellow thing. So mm, yes, uh, Mellow reportedly will only waive his no trade clause for trades to Houston or Cleveland, and I think it's really interesting because both of these teams can make a really, really unpalatable offer to, <laughs> yes. to New York. Like their worst offers, they can make. But anything more than their worst offers on either side is probably too much. Mm-hmm. So the Cavaliers certainly could throw a, a package of Schumpert, Fry, Felder, RJ, which would get them the money. Uh, there's three and ex- ruin their podcast. Yeah, oh, I would be so sad. Uh, there would be three expirings and then Shump, who has a player option that he might decline because he's a super confident dude for some reason. Uh, for ten more million than the second year, but that would functionally be a really cheap and easy salary dump for New York. That would get them off a fair amount of money, but also like looks pretty awful PR wise. Uh, and mm-hmm. then with Houston, they can offer Ryan Anderson's albatross of a contract, three years, sixty million, which you know New York shouldn't take on because it's a terrible contract. But they're, the only sweetener they should really ask for is Clint Capella, which suddenly is now way too much for Houston. Yes. So, I don't know. Where do you see this breaking? How do you think this plays out? Do you think a trade happens at all? Or do you think the Knicks just look at those two offers that they can't get and say, ah, this isn't worth it, and just play it, play it out? Man, it's tough to say. And here's where it would be nice if you had a GM that had a reputation and they had experience dealing with them because I feel like David Griffin might be able to kind of grease the wheels there more so um, than Kobe Altman and Daryl Morey is a fantastic GM. So I I don't know if he's going to be able to swindle them or or what the deal is. I I completely agree with your assessment that if you add in anything of long-term value, it immediately becomes an overpay. Um, So with that in mind, I, I don't really see what these teams can offer that's going to blow the Knicks' socks off. 
the importance is basically just going to be communication, um, staying in the loop, being aware of where the team's at um, in trade talks with with both teams because you're you're bidding against one another. And you, you don't want to be caught in an Ainge situation where, oh, I thought you were going to wait for us to figure out what's going on with Hayward, and then Paul George gets traded for peanuts. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, though, if Houston adds Capella to a deal, the Cavs just have to say good job, good effort, and get out, right? Yes, absolutely. Because th- they can't give Tristan or Love. No. Or even JR, really. And Knicks won't want JR anyway on his contract. Mm-hmm. So... You just have to take an L there. Um, I don't know. My my feeling is Daryl Morey knows how important Clint Capella is to that offense and to their defense, More even more importantly. Mm-hmm. They have no rim runners other than him. And really, like, Mello will play a Ryan Anderson-esque role. Because it's not like Ryan Anderson is just dead weight salary. He's actually still pretty good. So, like, th- I think they'd be worse if they did that deal. Like, as a basketball team, I don't think they'd be better in the aggregate if they traded Anderson and Capella for Mallow. Is that fair to say? Yes, that is fair. So, I mean, it'll be an interesting staring match. Uh, it'll be, it's, I think it's really going to matter who the Knicks bring in as their new president and GM because they are also a team without uh, a front office right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's, you know, if they, you know, go crazy and hire Danny Ainge, you know, maybe they dump his ass in Cleveland or, <laughs> uh, cause I don't think they take on the long-term salary. So it's going to be an interesting little dance. Um, uh, it feels like Mello is more, it's more possible that the Cavs end up with Mello at the end of this than it did, you know, just a week ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and we'll just have to see if the Knicks want to commit to a salary dump. Because if they do, I think he'll be a Cavalier. Yeah, I, I agree. And we need to assemble as much of the banana boat as possible. Hell yeah. It, we're Without getting some giving sc- up Kyrie and Love yeah. for any banana boat yeah. members. Because we're getting some strong hashtag he gone vibes right now. <laughs> and I really want to just counter that with some good vibes and a ridiculous team full of LeBron's best friends. Yeah, I completely agree. And that should probably be it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll wrap things up there. Again, thanks to all our listeners. Um, we're we're going to continue doing things throughout the summer, getting recordings up, trying to figure out what on earth the cows are doing. So hopefully they're going to get a little more positive. Yeah, luckily, um, luckily we'll never not have something to talk about because this team is so stupid. I really do appreciate that about them. I, I truly, truly do. But... Right now, there there's not a whole lot concrete to talk about. So hopefully, we're, we're talking about the banana boat in the uh, very new near future. Um, but until then, uh, appreciate all the listeners. Remember that you can uh, leave reviews as well as subscribe on iTunes. Um, so as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs.